This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3281 for Monday the 1st of March 2021. Today's show is entitled, HPR Community News for February 2021, and is part of the series, HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers, and is about 69 minutes long, and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, HPR volunteers talk about shows released, and comments posted in February 2021. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to Archive.org forward slash donate. Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. Today, this is HPR Community News for February 2021. And joining me today is... Hello, it's Dave Morris, as, uh, as usually is, uh, you know, uh, it's a bit of a pattern, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anybody else care to join, then be, be very welcome. Exactly. And this is the HPR Community News show for uh, February. And in the Community News, we look back at the shows of the previous month, make sure everyone's getting a mention. And that's about that. So, as we normally do, Dave, would you like to welcome in the new hosts? Yes, we have two new hosts, which is quite a turn up for the books and wonderful to see. And I checked how the first person says their name, and it's O nine L is the is the pronunciation. O nine L. Yeah, yeah. So, and the second person is some guy on the internet, which is absolutely hand, brilliant. Hand hand hand. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, so, the first show of last month just happens to be uh, the community news for last month, which was uh, episode two three six one. And we had zero comments. That's right. But, yeah, Dave, we're not being controversial enough. No, it before, no, and I'll say it again. We, we tried last time. We <laughs> tried to talk yeah, about nobody cares. Bad, bad things, but uh, nobody cares, as you say. Yeah. Um, Swift 110, my thoughts on diversity in Linux and open source, uh, where he gives some background to the story and certain frustrations he experienced in life. Loads of comments. First by Norris. Storyteller, thank you, Swift110, for the episode. You have a gift for storytelling. I hope you continue. This is an important issue. I don't know how to help except to promote stories like this. I look forward to hearing from Swift110 again. Excellent. And Bill N1VUX, probably pronounced differently, says, Well said. I agree with Norris. Swift110 is quite the storyteller. I could tell you were a man of taste when I saw the ThinkPad in your prior EPS listing. T420 is a great Linux platform, especially sweet if bought refurbished. Smiley faced. 
what it's worth, Wikipedia says Langston Terraces were second federally funded projects in the nation. Yeah, that's an allusion to the, to the discussion in the show. You're asking mm -hmm. good questions, he says. One of the newest housing projects in Boston has a technology center within the campus, co-sponsored by MIT, southendtechcenter.org. When Ubuntu local teams were disestablished, some of the core volunteers here moved there. Oh, very good. Kevin O'Brien says, further discussion... I thought this show was timely and I would welcome further discussion. Free software and open technology create possibilities, but they aren't guaranteed if people don't take the necessary actions. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Blizzak. Ooh, ooh, yep, but, go on. but Dave, Blizzak yep. exceeded yes. the maximum length of a comment. <laughs> and did yes. a part one of two. Oh, indeed, indeed. Yes, ah. yes. I did notice that, having proved them and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, I hadn't hadn't really twigged. I, I just do the mechanics of this. <laughs> really thinking about yeah. it. Do we read the comment or do we uh, narrate it for a separate show? Mm. Mm, Too important yes. a discussion not to read it, Dave. I, think. I, 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 I'm. I vote with vote for reading personally. Yes, yes. However, Blizzard. <laughs> yeah. Please send in Please a show because there's some show. amazing there's stuff we here. We have a comment limit. Yes. Yep. So as Blitzak says, systematically kept out part one. <laughs> Obviously got to hit and had to go back and do to change the title. I enjoy hearing stories about African-American experiences like this. There was, as you mentioned, a great black migration that happened in the States. It sounds as though you've done quite well for yourself and you have a strong community around that cares about you getting ahead in life. That's awesome, and we all need something like this in our lives. Thanks for sharing your backstory about you and your family. I do appreciate someone talking about something else other than their newest laptop or the latest distro or their favorite operating system. This is a podcast, and like most podcasts, there's lots of rambling and lots of pundits. I think you're making some broad generalization about people of color, POC, in America, even though you are a member of that community. I know you stated this from your experience. For instance, you state you feel that people of color are not vocal in the floss community is because they're somehow afraid. I don't believe this at all. I think many people of color are unaware of many floss technological tools, but so are lots of other people who are not black, brown, or women. Being ignorant or unaware of something does not make you afraid. I'm sure your family was apprehensive of being part of that great migration, but they did it. So did millions of other African Americans, and he cites the Wikipedia page about uh, that subject. POC consume a lot of technical information just like other folks in America. They use computers, cell phones, tablets, etc. Additionally, they spend lots of money on tech-related items. Tech companies want POC communities, all communities for that matter, to consume their products. They have no interest in these communities participating in its implementation. For instance, are we to believe that Apple couldn't hire a POC as part of their QA team for their watches? He cites uh, an, an issue about Apple watches and against uh, darker skin than, uh, than maybe some people have. And, uh, yeah, that's the end of part one. Do you want to do part two? No, because then people would be comparing our narration of the same thing with each other. 
<laughs> all right, all right. Systematically kept out part two from Blizzak. I think the main reason you don't see people of colour in the floss community is the same reason you don't see lots of black folks in lots of other industries. People of colour have been purposefully kept out of tech jobs in America. It's the same reason you don't see women in many of these places as well. I would postulate that many of the people who contribute to floss also work in tech in some way or another. Notice the word many, not all or most. Just so you know, I'm a black man, US citizen who lives in New York City. Sorry. <laughs> I work as a software engineer and I'm also interested in floss. And that's blizzak.com. Now, if there are not more shows from that, I don't know what. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, please, please, please. And also, excellent article. I was not aware of this. I will browse it later. Or better yet, if Blizzak or anybody else wants to do um, a show on the Great Migration, please do so. Yeah, well, I agree with that. I, I have to say that my ignorance on that subject was stunning when I, when I discovered that I had it. I don't think, you know... The, the sort of teaching that I'd had in my lifetime not really covered uh, this subject to any anywhere near enough um, yes. extent. It's and as I've said before on this uh, on this uh, <laughs> on this episode on this podcast show, whatever thing we're doing here, this that uh, in Ireland the uh, essential history, if it didn't involve being oppressed by the English, then it wasn't covered. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, While, as as many uh, many people pointed out, the English were fairly busy oppressing their own people at the same time. So yeah, oh yes, oh yes, lots of lots of nastiness going on all over the place. Right, uh, next day, O nine L, my beginnings in tech, a rambling about how I got into technology. Hiya, there aren't many links or anything here. Putting something in the show notes seems important. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel a bit uh, embarrassed there because I barged him into doing this show, but it was also an excellent introduction. So, yeah, so yeah. keep them coming. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Good to hear. It's always good to hear somebody making their first steps into being uh, an HBR host and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's uh, good. Congratulations, well done. Uh, the following day, Nakios, and there's something I haven't heard about in a while, uh, introduced some basic Nakios and uh, walks and se- walk through setting it up by Norris. Just So this was uh, actually quite a nice one and kind of useful, even on a small network, I imagine. Yeah, I, we used to run it at work. I was not in, directly involved um, in doing so, but uh, yeah, it, was, it did prove to be very, very useful in a small university environment so i've always been tempted to do it myself but i've never got around to it but yeah good good showing some su- superb notes <laughs> exactly yes it's one of these ones where you've got i know for sure i heard that on some podcast somewhere <laughs> so <laughs> yes um my chromebook experience which is turning out to be a little bit of a series now following Zen floaters two episode um this is uh, hookahs joining the fray um, about his experience with Chromebooks. So pretty cool. Yes. Yes. It Keep does sound, coming. yeah, it does sound pretty useful thing to have if, uh, if it suits your, your needs. The thing about stop receiving updates in 2024 and it being sort of fairly, 
fairly useless thereafter was something maybe did i get that right the yep. updates stop and then it's effectively junk um yep. i'm sure it isn't in the hands of somebody who could re repurpose it but that 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 um upsets me i don't like the, the hear that sort of stuff you know things that go with building yeah. obsolescence but yeah but they are bottom of the range laptops so um not, not justifying it dave good lord no uh, they are bottom of the range laptops, and I really noticed here when um, my kids have, have had laptops, and they uh, they would argue that um, yeah, they hate it when I when I put Linux on them. They really hate it. They much prefer the Chromebook experience, largely mm. because they're used to it. Um, yeah. But that said, uh, the laptops when you put Linux on them are just unusable now. You know, when they're out of date, they're really just unusable. They can't open web pages now with so much crud on on uh, web pages and stuff that they're just grinding to a halt. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it has a limited lifespan for all sorts of reasons. Yep. Some of which yep. are deliberate, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I I would not buy one personally, but uh, that's just me. Yeah, and the keyboard uh, drives me absolutely nuts. Not having, you know, the proper F one keys and control keys, and they <laughs> the keyboard has like the power off key up where you have the delete key. So the, oh great, the, the delete key is the power off key. So you press the delete button and your laptop turns off. Yes, I know you can turn that off and all, but uh, still, it's monumentally frustrating. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anyway, moving on. I've been trying to get her to do a show about this particularly because it would be good in that series, but uh, no, not interested. That's <laughs> <laughs> just the way of it, I'm afraid, yeah. <laughs> you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Uh, upgrading Debian on my Raspberry Pi. Uh, this is where Mr. X covers the process of upgrading Debian from Jesse 8 to Stretch 9 on his Raspberry Pi. Backing up in case things went wrong. Oh, yes. What a good idea. <laughs> yes. Usually two nanoseconds after you should have done it, you realize. <laughs> yep. Oops. Yes. it's. A, I wrote down here as a tortured tale. <laughs> it does sound quite painful, but... Uh... It's uh, it's glad he, I'm glad he got it got it working in the end. That was, yeah. that was excellent, and it was it was entertaining to listen to, and uh, knowing that it was going to be a happy ending as well. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Ripping media in 2021. This is operator, and this is uh, uh, how to use uh, YouTube DL script on Windows. It's actually quite quite complicated. I mean, it reminds me very much of uh, how difficult it was back Linux back in the day when you you know simply download this, patch the kernel, put this in, set these <laughs> flags, <Yes. laughs> tweak this stuff, and be careful to blow yeah. your monitor yeah. up and all those good things. Yes, it's uh, yeah. It, 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 I I couldn't. I mean, I, I have a, a strange viewpoint on these things because I'm really not interested in doing this because um, I don't care about the the stuff that that you can get in this way, mostly because it's to my mind it's junk. But uh, 
that's just me. I'm old and and uh, probably warped in my opinion. But uh, yeah, it does send a lot of pain to 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 achieve what you want to achieve. Mm. I uh, I watch a lot of um, a lot of YouTube stuff on the you know, big Clive and stuff like that and uh, electronic stuff, <laughs> educational. But I can't mm-hmm. but help that those producers wouldn't care if it was YouTube or some peer-to-peer network that would distribute their videos, uh, PeerTube or something. Um, so, not, you know, because they're getting the money through Patreon anyway, so mm-hmm. why would they necessarily care? Yep. Anyway, yeah. Next day, what do we have? A video game review. Arc Survival Evolved. Also by um, Enigma. I've never heard of this one. Did you? No, no. It's it's a it's a closed book as far as I'm concerned. It sounded sounded like fun actually. It does sound uh, quite uh, quite entertaining, but I can't yeah. see me running out to buy it. To be honest, but uh, that's it. seems something my son would be very much into, mm-hmm. which is why yeah. I'd be very very quiet. <laughs> I imagine my kids would be would be a lot more interested in it than I am. Yeah. Sorry, Enigma. Just following day, Linux in laws. The first year of the five year plan, comrades. Yes, we bring you the five year plan. And there's one comment, Claudio M. Thanks for the invite. I'll have my agent contact you later. <laughs> Winky <Yes>. wink. <laughs> they were uh, like that. Their number one fan. So the following day in this GIMP episode, we had example use of layers, creating a new header image for my WordPress site using layers in GIMP. Quite nice. And as always, detailed references in the show notes, even to where he's getting the clip art from. Yes, yes, yes. I I thought this this one was getting on into the more practical aspects of, of things. Um you know, in terms of something that I could actually see myself doing, yeah. and would would go back and look look at, at the resources here when I needed to do it. So, yeah, I mean, obviously you've got to do the the, um, the, the set the scene before you can do something like this, but obviously, it's yeah. uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, really, really interesting stuff. As with everything with a hookah, he, uh, starts at the beginning and works his way through to the end. Mm, absolutely, it appeals to me very much. Yeah. And there might be a free DOS series in the offing. Ooh, cool. Word on the Mastodon is. <laughs> the following episode, I think, had to be my favorite one. Sorry, everybody else, but an interview with a six-year-old, it's got to be awesome. So there's operator as well. Yes, Brilliant. yes. Love this. And uh, there's a comment from Lovebug. Uh, who says, love this, knowing how difficult it can be to engage a small child in front of a microphone without them going all shy or grabbing hold of it and making farting noises. This was an ama- <laughs> this was amazing to listen to. Thanks for the entertainment and the voice of experience. I know. That is right there, yeah. Brilliant stuff. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say about, about the other uh, episode there, uh, FFmpeg on Mars now. Awesome. Oh really? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. The, uh, it was the next, I saw that. the next one, Mars or something. Yeah, the the images are pre-processed before they're sent back. Oh, cool! Excellent I did stuff. see some reference to the fact that that uh, 
uh, that's the planet's got the most Linux on it or something to that effect. But I didn't, I didn't <laughs> I follow up yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Uh, next episode. Uh, in GNU Linux, there is no ver- diversity. We're all just data. How I experience GNU Linux and the topics of diversity. Some guy on the internet. I'm just some guy on the internet. Uh, this was another, uh, well, those comments. That's Bookworm said that. Welcome. Hearing your Linux journey was like hearing somebody read mine out loud. Although my journey started a few years before yours, the Windows 98 ME migration was my nudge to look into alternative operating systems. Like you, most of the communities I have encountered have been very friendly and helpful. I've not delved into the Arch world, but have encountered that type of attitude elsewhere. Elitism exists everywhere. How we react to it is up to us. That aside, you're welcome to one of the best communities on the web. There you go. That's very cool. Yes, yes. Yeah, you find elitism uh, in all sorts of places. Yes. Um, as a uh, candidate, as a as a programmer way back in the day on various operating systems, you'd go on um, Usenet and ask questions and you'd get a range of things. Some people would tell you to F off and some people would, would be very helpful and give you answers, you know. You've got a whole range of, of stuff like that. I so, never understood the... Uh, I never understood the mentality myself. Why? I, I'm more than happy to point to somebody, you know, here is the manual, the section you're looking for is this page, and mm-hmm. it's here, and this is the paragraph that you're looking for. Oh, I didn't even know there was a manual. Yeah, and I can understand the Arch community might be tempted to suggest people to go there because their wiki is excellent by and large. And just as in general, if you're having Linux issues, if you end up in the Arch wiki, you're usually finding out what your GUI tool is doing in the background. So uh gives you insight yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a great resource. Um but uh yeah, to to be arrogant about it seems seems absolutely ridiculous, yeah. really. Because should be proud of it and should be pushing it forward to to people who uh, who would get get something from it. You know, that would be my view. But there you go. Yeah, thankfully it's diminished a lot, and I think uh, Ubuntu has uh, gone some way into encouraging that you know nice behavior on the internet. Yeah, credit where credit is due. Embrace Firefox, Dave. That's our browser. Some guy on the internet out there, and I cannot disagree with him. Uh, what's Mozilla doing? Well, I, I'm not. I don't even know what he was referring to and what they were doing in the show. But I really think Mozilla could do with focusing on producing Firefox and Thunderbird. And yeah, yeah, they, they seem to be becoming abandoned in some way or or turned into something we're not going to want probably mm-hmm. it's it, it yeah it's very very strange it's nicely uh, nicely explained and reasoned i thought okay my custom dwm setup uh me talking about how i've customized dwm added and removed patches and written various scripts this is rf tab yes and comments is it me or you whose turn 
It's my turn. It's my turn. You you threw me with that name there because it's R Fab. I was trying to work out where you ah. found it. Found a where T. Where did I get the T from? So <laughs> I don't know. No, no. It, the S looks a bit like a T. I bet. I bet. It, uh, yeah. Yeah. A quick glance, it would be easy to do. It, these things just throw me into into a spiral. <laughs> Sorry. It's my dyslexia, Dave. There you go. I know. I know. But yeah, I, my brain just. It's probably got something something wrong with it. Causes <laughs> it to, to go into spirals when it shouldn't. Anyway, and enough of that, Witter. Right, okay. uh, McNallu says in his comment, might return to DWM. Enjoyed this episode, which I began listening to and then switched over to the video version. I used DWM as my main desktop many years ago because perhaps eight to eight or so, and it brought my rather underpowered laptop alive. In the end, I abandoned DWM because I had to use NetBeans every day, and for reasons I'd never understood, it wouldn't work with DWM. I'm back with KDE again for now. Yes, I like extremes, but you've nudged me into giving giving DWM another world. His phone has edited DWM into down, I would imagine. So uh, yes, yes, so he's he's gonna he's gonna have a have a shot at DWM. Yeah, cool. I, I, I did watch the video and it was great. It was, it's the sort of thing that where a video really does help, admittedly, you know, yeah. audio is great and all. Um, but, uh, I didn't fully understand. I've never used DWM. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it gave me a better insight into what it, uh, what it is, uh, and what you can do with it and stuff. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. There were a few hears and see there in the episode that. I was able to extract the majority of it because I was hoovering at the time. So uh, I didn't have the option to go in front of a computer. But there are one or two one or two points, and that's always the risk when you're doing a video. Yeah. Um, yeah. First do the audio and then record the video would yes. be my tip. Yes, yes, yes. The, it's quite nice to have video as an enhancement to the audio. Though. That's a, definitely a, a good thing. But uh, I'm sorry, but... There's no way I'm ever going to run DWM. It's not yeah. <laughs> KDE is where I'm happy with KDE these days. So uh, I'm uh, I'm going to stay there. I think I am loving LXQT. Just simple, gets out of your way. Get all the niceness of KDE, all the configurability, and it's small and light. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all I need. Yep, yep, yep. KDE's come along a lot since I used it way back in. The earlier days on Fedora, I think it was way, way back when. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's, it's uh, for me it's perfect. My kids say, "Why are you using all that stuff, Dad?" And I say, oh, "I like all the, f- the the ability to tune it and change it and fiddle with it." But why? Why would you want to do that? <laughs> yeah, because I yeah. want it to be the way I want it, and <laughs> because I can. There's yes, yes, yes. So there's a similar drive in uh, RFabs. Uh, discussion yeah, here yeah, he's, he's, he's tuned things to the umpteenth degree and good for him uh next day d1 mini close lid to scan thing and the hours this thing has saved me and i'm sure it's very very specific oh, to give you an idea was a uh, uh, use a wemos to monitor when a lid is open or closed on the network scanner so you know it's basically just a read switch which is a magnetic switch magnet comes in then adjacent file turns Yes to no, or open mm. to closed or something. But it could equally be burglar alarm triggered or gate door, garage door open or whatever you want to do with it. This is that's basically very, very simple thing. 
Yeah, yeah. Very nice. I, I like this. I did play with uh, reed switches uh, during my uh, student days, making uh, little gadgets that animals were supposed to yeah. operate and push and whatever. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a very nice technology. But the yeah, the Wemos compared to what I was using is is just yeah. a, a fantastic thing. So, it just yeah. it's like uh, having a little Arduino. You can program it mm-hmm. in an Arduino as well, and put sensors and all sorts. And you know you can have like this thing somewhere and feed it with five volts. And you, you know I intend to get some to monitor uh, MQTT and send me outside temperatures and you know vibration and stuff like that. Whatever I don't know what daylight time. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Lots of lots of possibilities. A lot of people are doing this stuff. I'm still looking over the fence at them doing it. I haven't done much yet, though. I do have Pi Pico here waiting to be uh, used for yeah. something or other and, and those sorts of things. And a few <laughs> few of the uh, ESP8266s and stuff. But, yeah. yeah. Good, uh, good, good. The Wemos is cool because it's just got the Wi-Fi built in. So, you know, there's no messing around with anything. You just get your Wi-Fi credentials and it's a computer on the network. Yeah. yeah, perfect, perfect. Following day, uh, taking advantage of a little-known feature we do here in Hacker Public Radio, the narration, uh, DeepKeep sent in a script to Tlatu, who read it. And if you're going to have somebody read it, why not have one of the best voices on HPR? Read it for you. There you go. Indeed. Interesting that HD radio is a thing. <laughs> I didn't know much about this at all. Um, it did prompt me to go and look at the Wikipedia entries about it and compare it with European, um, uh, what's it called, DAB. Yeah, yeah. Um, they both seem to suffer from similar issues that greedy organizations try and um, force the transmissions down to the minimum bandwidth so you get mm. you get crappy audio at the end of it and certainly DAB is a nightmare uh, in terms of that you get very 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 poor uh, radio signals or quality of audio um, on most channels yeah I don't know what it's like in Europe certainly I in the d- UK I don't actually know why anybody would listen to the radio anymore no no <laughs> <laughs> so my question is more fundamental than that. Like, who <laughs> to the radio anymore? Well, it's this this thing about having radios in cars and stuff. I mean, I've got a DAB radio in my car, and uh, it's okay. I don't actually listen to it very much, but on occasion, for a longish drive, I might switch the the radio on. Um, but there's not usually much I want to listen to, so I just put a podcast on on the phone or something like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But there's occasions where you want to use it, but the DAB is, is not that brilliant. The quality of it, even though the, the speakers in my car are not bad, some of the channels sound just awful. They sound worse than old shortwave or yeah, stuff yeah. that I used to get when I was a kid, you know, listening yeah. to Radio Luxembourg from from a little transistor radio. It sounds like that in some cases. Not not quite as bad. It doesn't keep fading in and out and stuff like that like it used to, but but yeah, it's still pretty grim. Microsoft in my Debian repo. Uh this is by Archer72, who um 
Raspberry Pi added the VS Code repo to the Raspberry, Raspberry OS, which is formerly known as Raspbian, and people were annoyed. And this is how you get rid of it. Yes, yes, excellent. There's been some some great responses to this. <laughs> I think the Raspberry Pi Foundation were stunned <laughs> by the yeah. by the response. They hadn't appreciated what the way people would take it. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> but I think a lot of people with less of a purist outlook. Just just judging from what mm-hmm. my son said, he said. Oh, VS Code's great. I use it all the time. So yep. it sounds like a good idea to me. So, so, but then he's in, yeah, his, 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 he's in the mode of, I need a thing to get the job that I have to do done. And there's a thing and, and it's available and I can use that. So, you know, the, the, yeah. the, fi- the finer points are passing by. Personally, I think I've, I, I agree with. Uh, the people who are objecting to it, just to just to put my cards on the table. Sorry, you were going to say. Yeah, I think uh, that people, um, you know, there's the whole concept that free software is won, blah blah blah. But I actually think we've lost because um, a, I've been in lockdown and I'm very depressed. But, <laughs> but b, <laughs> but b because people are using the software, but they don't understand why the software is there in the first place. And I'm seeing, yeah, there's great support for Linux, but now they're supporting proprietary applica- proprietary applications that have that are just don't care what operating system they're running on. It's just a matter of convenience. It's a standardized blob that that they have there. So they've just uh, we haven't won. We've just been used <laughs> in a worse. Yes. 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 There's there's a lot of truth in that, yeah, yeah. However, I can completely understand the devil's advocate here. I can understand why they would put it in the repo, and it doesn't come as any surprise to me that the Raspberry Pi Foundation would put it in this repo. I think the Raspberry Pi Foundation never made a secret of the fact that their uh, that their goal is not free, libre, open source software. It's to get something to run get technology into everyone's hands and that just happens to be easiest using free libre open source software they've got lots of proprietary bundles on their uh on the thing and this is just another piece of proprietary code mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. people should not be surprised about it it shows a certain lack of sensitivity for the for quite a large proportion of the audience um was my feeling well not really microsoft's you know Microsoft says that they are, you know, a big fan of free software. <laughs> yeah, the the hatred for Microsoft is something that many people of a certain age will have in spades, probably, and uh, for for very good reasons. Um, you know, do, do you trust the uh, the the the, the ex murderer? <laughs> it's a bit extreme, mm-hmm. but I mean, do you trust somebody who has shown that? At some point in their in their existence, they want to uh, to destroy you. Um, do you then say, "Oh, okay, they're they're actually nice now, so we'll just trust them and let them do what the hell they want"? Yeah, uh, and that's and, a it's a difficult one. Yeah, and the actions and people say, "Yeah, yeah," but they're they're open source now, and that you have to trust them. But guys, their business model has has been and and always was embrace, extend, and extinguish. So. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. uh, what protects us from that was the free libre open source licenses. And that's the only thing that's protecting us from that. It's not to say that there are not, uh, Microsoft may have changed. That's fine. So let's wait the number of years that they've been hostile to Linux. Let's wait that equal amount of time that they're not hostile to Linux and see after that, then make the judgment call, not just yes. two years down the road. <laughs> and uh, I've, uh, I've known that as far as trust goes, you know, the, I've come across some articles and some discussions here in the house. Uh, when trust is broken, how long it takes to recover that trust in somebody. So if, if mm -hmm. you lo lose trust in somebody, you need seven actions, seven good actions before you start trusting that person again. So mm -hmm. equally, you could say the, the yardstick for Microsoft as to whether they're good guys versus bad guys, whether they've changed is that we need to wait seven times the length of time that they were hostile to Linux to see if they've changed. <laughs> well, that sounds reasonable to me. I have to say. No, what would be reasonable is waiting seven times the length that they were hostile to us when they're in a position where they could extinguish us to see what they do then. <laughs> yes, yes. Anyway, Dave, if that doesn't get controversy in this show, <laughs> I don't know what will. It might get quite a lot of agreement to that, actually. Possibly, yes. possibly not. Yes. Uh, anyway, yes, yes. We'll but again, on the record, I think there are some good people over there and they're doing, they're going in the right direction. I will not accept they, oh, they've submitted more code to the Linux kernel in the last blah, blah, blah. That is not an argument. That was a matter of convenience, business interest, because their Azure cloud was getting killed because they weren't able to run Linux efficiently. So they had no choice but to develop that code. So outside of that code, take that code away and then show me stuff. Uh, Visual Studio, yeah, okay, but um, is that really something that we want to be depending on? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anywho, God, I don't know where all that all that <laughs> came out. <laughs> There's a lot of it around at the moment. I, actually, I thought it was fairly agnostic on this whole thing. Going, yeah, well, what did you expect from the Raspberry Pi Foundation? <laughs> they, they're the ones who included Minecraft on the on the thing, which is a, a closed application. Yeah. Yeah. True, true, true. Anywho, uh, did we do um, a minor victory against designed in obsolescence? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of people, we, I think love. we should. I think we should. Extracting a bit more life out of a device that Apple would rather have you dump. Oh gosh, this is a recurring team theme this month. But this is a great show by Biza. I'm liking, yeah, uh, liking yeah. his shows coming in. They're good. Although I, I don't know what it is about people like um, over there. Uh, Biza seems to be getting iPads rained upon him, and uh, oh, name a blank, uh, embarrassing. I've forgotten. Matchbox uh, renovation seems to be getting oh, like uh -huh, Tony uh -huh. Hughes. Tony, Tony seems Hughes, to be getting yes. all these IBM laptops thrown in <laughs> his way. Well, where the feck are they? Why does nobody hand me stuff? I get old HP laptops that were dead fifteen years ago. Brought in here. Here, can you use this? <laughs> yes, as a book prop, perhaps. <laughs> What's a book, Teddy? Yes, yes. I know, I know. It's the same here, really. I don't have a, access to a, a lot of goodies. Um, so, in fact, I've just been clearing out some of the old uh, computers. You know, the sort of beige box mm -hmm. style things that I acquired from work when they were 
they would use take them out of student areas and then say right yeah, anybody yeah. want them well they went in the skip <laughs> and uh, i brought several of them home but they're, they're on the way way out but uh yeah it's they they were they were rubbish <laughs> all through they're their lives pretty much they're, they're rubbish, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah as a as a guy said to me the other one time when i went looking for uh a replacement disc for the original iPod. Um, I wanted to buy one for my Acer Aspire. They happen to have the same hard disk. And uh, he was charging like 150 quid, 200 quid for it. And I, what the hell? And I goes, yeah, it's a collector's item. <laughs> it doesn't even work, dude. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, minor victory against built-in obsolescence. Love this. Oh, um, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just, uh, it's uh, it's the sort of thing uh, it's good to hear hear about. Uh, nicely, nicely put, nicely explained. Excellent. And designed in obsolescence is a disgusting thing, especially in the yep. in the context of a planet that is going downhill fast. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I've just been listening to a climate change podcast. Who say, "Don't be so negative," but. It's hard not to be, and yep, and yep. that sort of attitude is a major contributor to us, yep. to the problems. Yeah, the right to repair initiative, and I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to get into electronics, Dave, was uh, uh, was basically because the kids break something, uh, you know, something electronic, a CD player or something, and I just know that I, you know, I just feel it in my water that there's something in there broken that's probably worth five cents shipped, you know. And since then, I've, the amount of stuff that I've fixed has been um, amazing, actually, with just capacitors busted or connectors have soldered free or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. don't be afraid, mm-hmm. as as the um, AV blog says, guys, if it's already <laughs> if it's already broken, you can't get any more broken. <laughs> That's true, actually. That's true. Yes, I had um, I have a, a second-hand, however you call it, a remaindered um, a switch, a managed switch that I got from uh, from where I used to work. Um, yep. And I had a, a power outage problem um, a week or two back, and I think that killed it. And and it, it's it's really a useful thing. It's a twenty-four port. One gigabit um, switch, which is which was intended to be and was becoming the heart of my house network, mm-hmm. but uh, really like to fix it. But um, and there's hardly anything in it. It's mostly fresh air inside the case when you look inside. Um, so have you got a um, have you got a voltmeter, a DVM? Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got the the uh, NY Bill recommended uh, um, multimetery thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, open the thing up. And start tracing the voltages. You can't. Yeah, yeah. You can't. Or thing number one: have a look round. Is there anything black, burnt? Well, yes, I've done that, and I've looked for popped uh, electrolytic capacitors as well, which is sometimes a, a sign. But uh, there's probably stuff that's died without it, without showing any any signs particularly. But no, you could I'll, always I'll send it off to NY Bill, and he could use it as an excuse <laughs> to get an electro scanning microscope or something. <laughs> Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. I'd like to see that. <laughs> it's quite large, though. It cost a cost a fair fair few quid to send. 
Yeah, uh-huh. this uh, I'm holding in my hand a uh, the component tester, which is uh, 16 books, and uh, I assembled on one of the HBR uh, New Year shows, and I uh, soldered uh, uh, floating, yeah. and I sent it off to MI Bill, and he fixed it. But in the process of fixing it, he, he bought a microscope which cost six grand or something. <laughs> so uh... yes, 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 yeah. A microscope would be a fun thing to have, but not at that price. Yeah, I've got a USB one, which is actually not bad. You know, one of those El Cheapo mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. I was actually quite the, surprised. Um, the new Raspberry Pi camera. Uh, there's a yes. microscope attachment for that, and uh, so I'm. It's it's not cheap, but uh, I think you get a pretty reasonable USB mi- uh, microscope from that actually. So. Something to put on my uh, Christmas list for Santa to. Uh, yeah, my uh, wife is getting free cuddles out there, and I'm not. It's annoying. Okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> Fucking. Uh, it's. How can you tell we're in the middle of a lockdown? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what fun! Anyway. What fun, eh? Um, where are we? Linux in-laws, legacy programming, and languages. This was a this was a good overview of COBOL. It reminded me of the or not COBOL, but just you know different types of languages and where they came from and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, who was it that was telling me uh, about COBOL? Remember a conversation was it with McNallu on the way back from uh, Fostem that they're actually mm-hmm. pay or no that they're if you wanted to be a COBOL programmer in the morning you could start and they'll pay your exams to learn it and they'll you'll be guaranteed a job and etc 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 there's so much cobalt out there at the minute oh yeah 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 nobody interested in learning it it's a weird language i I have played with it back in the in the day um we had a cobalt compiler on one of the machines i was managing and just just to see if i could i decided to write some some code for it in cobalt and it's a it's great for doing stuff where you've got nicely defined record structures you know you can say mm-hmm. read that line in and then slice it up this way and you show a sort of a picture effectively of of how it's to be sliced and and it does that really really smoothly but uh, as soon as you want to do anything more complicated it uh, i found it a little bit difficult to get my head around having been a an algol programmer before that so, so anyway yeah yeah wouldn't fancy being a COBOL programmer for the rest of my life, I have to say. Well, better that than stuffing chickens, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> true, true, true. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I'd yeah. convince my son on that, on that subject. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But you, you're right, yeah. I've certainly heard of uh, there being a big demand for COBOL programmers. So, yeah. But, yeah, the, the show itself was great. I did enjoy this. And, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly, yeah. The um, I find myself sympathising with Martin's view of Algol and Pascal and Modular Two and stuff. Never used Modular Two, but definitely Algol so? and Pascal. Say why so? Um, well, his view was these are um, structured programming languages versus object-oriented stuff, which he wasn't quite as keen on <laughs> which i tend to think although i use object-oriented stuff quite a lot i, I see it seems to me to be a 
a model that's unnecessary in Complete many cases. waste of time. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. couldn't agree more. It's a glorified function for mm-hmm. the case mm-hmm. where you sometimes think you might want it, but guaranteed by the time you need to come and reuse that object, your needs will have changed. So mm. yeah, mm. yeah. Anywho, <laughs> it was it was an interesting look at these things. Uh, yeah, exactly. I certainly found it uh, to be quite. Uh, Quite a, 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 um, a good good reference to these things, and I, I knew a lot of these older programming languages. So we didn't cover all the ones that <laughs> they didn't cover them all, but they they did a good job, I think. Never use small talk, mind you, but uh, something to play with. Yeah. Anywho, next day. Uh, what we need for the activity pub network. This keynote addresses uh, address looks at where the federated social media can go if we make it work. And it was Evan Prodromo. Thank you for not butchering that. Uh, I'm an equal opportunity name butcher. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was. A very interesting uh, overview of the the talk. Actually, it um, it was uh, a, a whole subject area that uh, I I don't have a huge lot of knowledge in. Though I do use federated social media um, a bit, but uh, looking at it from a sort of design point of view is quite an interesting thing to be doing. So yeah, yeah. I must say I'm enjoying Mastodon a lot more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. And HPR is on Mastodon. Our email address, is, our email address, contact, blah, whatever it is. Our handle is at HPR at bots in start space. <laughs> yes, well chosen, well chosen. <laughs> you know, because I was looking for somewhere to go and then came across somebody mentioned, uh, I can't remember who, hands up. Uh, Thank you very much. Bots in Space is exactly free libre open source place and it's exactly the sort of thing, you know, just bots coming in to yeah. completely black us, block mm-hmm. us if you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. No, it's good. It's good. Um, my son's um, homework in his MSc recently was to write a Telegram bot, mm-hmm. which uh, he said was... Uh, the, the, the task was write a bot that would you would use in a coffee shop. So um, it would, uh, not quite sure to say you'd finished making a cup of coffee or something. I'm not quite sure what it was, but he said it was remarkably easy to do. And uh, the whole thing is very, very easy to do. I'm, I'm sure there is a joke in there about uh, Amsterdam coffee shops, Dave, but okay. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know. Well, I don't have the energy. I don't know quite where the, uh, the 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 plan to set all these students on doing that particular thing came from, but uh, mm-hmm. he seemed to think it was quite a fun thing to do. Okay, uh, was that it? I believe that was it. Tell me that's about all that the it? shows. Indeed, it's all the shows. We just got comments to to deal with. So we missed a comment last month because it came in. After we finished recording, okay. I think. Yeah, go and for that it. was um, a comment to Swift One Ten's Apple products I've owned episode, and it came from Windigo who said iPad screen. 
I've yet to crack a screen on any of my devices, knock on wood, but hearing the story of your iPad made me wince as if I had. As a silver lining, yep. it made a very enjoyable episode. Thanks. Very good, very good. Do you want to do the next one as well, and then I'll yeah, yeah, reply yeah, yeah. to my own one? Okay, Doug. Um, so, yes, there was a comment on uh, show 2356 going back to 2017, which was Ken's show about... Uh, enabling SSH on the Raspbian image, as it was in those days. And the comment came from Leo B, who says, do yourself a favor and run this guy's fork of the script, this being Ken's script. And he refers to the GitHub um, uh, repo run by Steve Sainer, who we, who's an HBO host, I believe, is he not? Mm -hmm. um, who, uh, yeah, who's done some work on this. I think he... I had a quick look, didn't dig deeply, and I think he um, fought um, what the work that a guy called Sesame Mucho had done on your original code, just just by the by. Anyway, that's not the comment. Okay. Going back to the comment, it removes some of the checksum complexities and other things that confuse the original setup. Great episode and lots of good management tools through this approach. And I replied, yes, absolutely, please use Steve's script. Uh, but since uh, posting the show, I've done a follow-up show, 3173, and I'm maintaining my own version on my own GitHub repo. And the reason I'm doing that, I'm still encouraging people to use Steve's one, but uh, yeah, just somewhere for my own script because it's particular to me. Yeah. So okay. I've, I updated the link in the, in the episode as well. Cool. Okay, I'll do the next one. Norst says on Norris's show about Ansible for dynamic host configuration protocol, Windigo says it's interesting approach. I'm currently battling with split horizon DNS and DHCP on my local LAN using Pihole and the underlying DNS mask server. I'm very happy to have this episode as a plan B. It's a very clear way to roll your own network services without having to worry about manual configs and fragile setups. Thanks for the great episode. Yes, it's always good to have a plan B. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Next is a comment on show 3241, which was a community news in um, January. <laughs> And it's That's why care. we've had no comments, Dave, because people are a month behind in their <laughs> podcast listening. What can we do? I don't oh, know. We're in trouble now with all the feedback <laughs> we're going to get on this show in about four months' time. <laughs> it's from Clacke, who entitles it No SQL and Redis. Uh -huh. Dave said, this preceded No SQL, I imagine, and he was referring to key value stores in general, I believe, which are indeed older than relational databases and are a layer on top of which relational databases are built. When I initially heard it, I thought it referred to Redis specifically and thought, no way, Redis came out in the middle of the NoSQL boom. I was wrong by two days, smiley face. Redis <laughs> came out on 2009-05-10 and the term NoSQL in the current sense was coined on the 12th of that same month and he refers to the wikipedia entry and on redis and also on no sql no sql how do people pronounce that anyway whatever so yeah, yeah. you want to do the next one and i'll do my 
I was just looking at that date and uh, oh, well, HPR started back then and it had already been running for nearly four years. Ah. <laughs> uh. I went back uh, to have a look at, you know, one of those technological um, where we started in the whole technological boom and and stuff. You know, we were we started before, uh, you know, and I'd like a, a good idea if somebody could point me to a good place where like known dates within the at least free software realm started or technology realm you know iphone came out on this day they nokia sold so many phones on this day you know that sort of thing anywho clacke annunciation two redis pronunciation most people pronounce redis not redis redis <laughs> redis <laughs> why am i doing this one dave why am i doing this one <laughs> It's often used as a cache to avoid expensive database lookups, much like one would use, for example, memcache. And I've always interpreted the name to hint at, I don't need to make that heavy multiple table joins because I already read this just a moment ago. But not his, that's mine. I never looked up what the official story of the name is. Wouldn't be bad, actually. Read this. Oh, yeah. yeah, I like the sound of that, actually. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I said, because it, it, it was something I'd said on that show as a, I answered Claquet um, about key value storage. What I couldn't recall at the time was the name Berkeley DB, which was the sort of grandfather of the uh, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. I used this for a while when it was owned by a company called Sleepcat. Later, it was bought by Oracle. We were open LDAP users at the university I worked at, and this ran on top of Berkeley DB files. I failed to remember all of this in the show itself, of course. Smiley yep. face. Archer72 uh, had a comment to Nextcloud the easy way, which I was joking about that he put it in because I have one called Nextcloud the hard way. And his comment was, show name. Yes, Ken. The show name was somewhat intentional. This was only after I saw your future show on the Internet Archive where uh, while I was preparing show notes and I thought it would be a nice play on words. Brilliant. Love it. Look at that. Cool stuff. Yep, yep, yep. Missing tags, Dave? Do you want to look at the mailing list first? or Do I have to? <laughs> you do. <laughs> well, Absolutely. yeah, d one shot on Tuesday, uh, which we missed. Unfortunately, ah, had intended okay. to join, but there was a mix-up. And then there was a thread from started by Kevin about the Raspberry Pi thing, which prompted the show that you we were just commenting about. Mm-hmm. Shall I go through them? Yeah, it was basically I, just a conversation about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, it's it's water under the bridge, really, isn't it? I mean, there's there's some interesting comments there, but uh, I'm sure people can go and read them. Okay, RPG Club. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. During the month of March, the HBR RPG Role Playing Game Club is going to play Starfinder, a science fiction fantasy game set in the far future, based on D&D rules, the D20 system. 
No purchases necessary. No experiences required. We're an inclusive group whose main goal is to have fun and to make friends. If you want to join us, let us know and I will send you further details or discuss any questions you might have. Resources include link in the show notes. Pre-generated characters are available. I, so we play at 1600 UTC on Sundays on the HPR Mumble server. So that is ch1teamspeak.cc port 64747 information on the HPR website. Again, 1600 UTC on Sundays, starting on the 7th of March. 7th of March. And guess who has been roped into creating a character for Starfinder Dave? Mm, I wonder, I wonder. By <coughs> his son. <laughs> I still don't know how he managed to get me to do it. But I now find myself looking forward to four evenings of doing maths cleverly disguised as a science fiction game. <laughs> That's rather fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you I, think I, luckily... I can't pronounce names, just wait until you see me trying to add up dice rolls. <laughs> my, uh, my daughter's heavily into D&D stuff, but she has she she's part of a group that uh, plays over... Some one of these one of these systems that I can't remember the name of, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, so she she's completely self self uh, sustaining. That I don't need to be involved at all. So I'm it's, very happy about that. <laughs> I you genuinely it? I mm-hmm. genuinely know nothing about this other than I got conned into creating a character. Just get him to shut up, and then uh, <laughs> I'm now kind of involved with this character, and I want to see what. <laughs> what happens uh-huh, but I mean, uh-huh. 40 yes. years later the president the pres- pres- and now we're talking to Ken Fallon the president of the Starfinder D&D club <laughs> <laughs> that could happen that could happen yeah anywho where were you anything else interesting yes HPR bots in space we just uh, commented on that Kevin O'Brien said uh, if you're on Mastodon and if you're not why aren't you uh, make sure you follow HPR and boost the toots just for just one a day for the daily offering. Yeah, I've started doing that myself as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, I do when I remember. I haven't done it consistently yet. Uh, open bug bounty was a question we got. Uh, anything else to say? No, no, no. We're also on Twitter as well, so do it over there as well. Und. The open bug bounty, we got a random person sending us in a, um, a a bug thing, and it looked very much like spam, to be honest, but it turned out to be genuine, and we fixed the issue, which was I had PHP info in a file called php.php. Yes, I'm a moron. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's quite useful then. Yep. Uh, March RPG Club. First Sunday of March, 1700. Yes, I'm going to be running a tabletop role-playing game called Starfinder. If you're reading this, then you're invited to join. No experience is required, as you can imagine, become contributors to an ethical podcast like HPR. We're eager to teach new players. He tries every hook. If you don't own a copy of Starfinder yourself, please download the pre-generated character sheet from Blah. Uh, the game will last weekly until early April. Early April! I thought it was just March. 
Anyway, <laughs> but we do not need to commit to playing every week. We consider two people quorum. We play for two hours on Mambel. Details we've already given you. Cool. Is that it? That's all. On the uh, mailing list, we can talk about tags and summaries. Please, if you please wish. do. Yes. Some geezer called Dave Morris added 10, uh, well, updated 10 shows with tags and or summaries as needed. So there you go. He woke up cool. from, a, from a long slumber and managed to do some before falling back to sleep again. Only 414 left. Only 400. Yeah, yeah. I started putting the the, uh, the that number in, which I shall continue with because it's, it's quite nice to see that uh, the number going down. You can look at the... The yeah. site that's uh, the page that's referenced, of course, but I just thought it'd be fun. It really does help finding shows because uh, I've used that an awful lot lately. Looking back for things, yeah, yeah, I, I found myself using it quite a lot as well. It's uh, it's quite fun. Okay, that's it. That's all I have to say. I could go on, but who wants to listen to me? And there's no events at all, pretty much at all in, uh, <laughs> yeah, in March, so, so there's, there's no point. Although we did have uh, we did have Fostem. I really oh, we enjoyed did have that. Fostem. Yes, 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 yes. That was the thing I was going to comment on. Yes, indeed. Mm. It uh, it was fun. Yeah, the I think all of the videos are now available. When I looked at some of the ones I was interested in, they w- they were available. I wasn't sure whether the entirety was uh, was now on the site, but I imagine they are. So, uh, yeah, you, you could watch the videos in real time. Well, at the point at which they were meant to be available, they were available, and you could watch them stream yep. at that point. But then you they had to wait. They were recorded, though. At the, so they they had been recorded. Presentation. Yes, yeah. yes. They, they were all recorded before the event and then just put out at the, at the, yep. uh, the Ready time. Ready to rock. Yep, yep. Which was a great way of doing things, I thought. It worked really, really well. Brilliant, yep. Um, and uh, there were, yeah, there were there was tons and tons of stuff as you might expect, and it was uh, some really good things to to um, attend to. After the um, then after the presentation was done, then the presenter was in the in a matrix chat, and I was blown away by the uh, by the technology, the um, by element how seamless that was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Within the like an IRC chat is going on underneath, and people are asking questions, and they're in the room, and then the video is running the, there in the top corner, and it was just absolutely seamless, right down to the annoying people turning off the mics on on people, and then you could go to the hallway chat, so a link would come up, and then you could go in out to the hall and talk to the presenters and whoever else was interested in that topic for ages. So very very good. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I, I was just looking at stuff on the on the website because um, uh, Element wasn't behaving all that well for for me. But uh, yeah, still, I still got a lot out of it. It was really good. I got to see more show, more <laughs> more stuff there than I did by going. What many years have been five years, maybe? I I've never. I only the a language picking. I normally only ever watched, went to the first, you know, the opening intro mm-hmm, thing and mm-hmm, then yep. started doing the recordings. But this is the first time I was the whole day going from uh, talk to talk to talk because at least you could get in, you know. Well, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I used to 
Um, going there physically, I used to make a, a timetable of what I wanted to go and see and stuff. But the, the problem was you'd come out of one thing and the next thing would be the other side of the, the campus. And yeah. you'd get there and there was vast queues and they said, no, sorry, we're full, go away. So, and in the early days, you couldn't watch it, watch the streamed version yeah. of it either. You know, so you just have to wait until it, till it came out. And it didn't always come out as a video because yeah. they were they had problems with uh, with recording them. So, yeah, this this was were, this was a different league altogether. For the there were people who went to a particular track of the day and then just stayed in the room and did not, uh, you know, did not go to the toilet for for the entire day. <laughs> <laughs> I did try that strategy actually. I did go and sit in the pearl room and listen to everything that came up, which was good, which is quite fun. Um, it's kind of what I ended up doing anyway, because I followed mm -hmm. like the main track. I didn't jump from one thing to the next. So that was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, it was good. And I was listening to a lot about uh, Pearl 6, which has now been renamed as Raku. Um, and it's a it's, a, it's an amazing language, but very, very, very strange indeed. But uh, yes, it's it. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, there's lots, lots to be, lots to be seen. There still is lots to be seen. Just go on the on the the archive site, and you'll find links to all of the, the videos yep. that are available. And you can spend uh, stuff. a huge amount of time looking at them if you're so minded. I really uh, enjoyed the GNU Radio stuff. It was uh, really. Yeah, really, some uh, good stuff there yeah, in that cool. track. Didn't miss the, uh, the 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 whole thing with the stands. I I didn't feel like the stand experience was well replicated, but hard to was, do though. I, I guess, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The stands stands were stands are really something else, aren't they? They uh, go and sort of chat to somebody about whatever it is they they're talking about there and hang and, out. <laughs> you know, I imagine for some. Some people, if you go to the, uh, if you go to Fostem just you know as a guest of somebody who's there, and then you go over to a booth like Debian or PostgreSQL, and the only thing they seem to be doing is selling T-shirts, you know, cause and oh, that's all anybody's <laughs> interested in is they're coming up to the guys going, uh, yeah, do you have this size T-shirt? That's all the, the, the thing <laughs> yeah, he yeah. seems to be doing. True, um, true enough. True enough. Either and, that or uh, stickers, stickers yeah. or. Sticker little, collections, uh, stick on doodads, fluffy things with eyes that you could stick on the back yeah. of your laptop and all that. Pretty cool. Okay, uh, shall we uh, wrap this up? I'll edit it and we'll send it up to the mothership. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Sounds good. Okay, tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of the Hacker Public. Radio. Radio. Join us now. Don't join us now. Don't share this. Do share this offer, but keep uh, <laughs> keep the viruses to yourself. Keep mate. the viruses to yourself. But all right. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Okay. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. 
Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.